Praise God. Good to see you folks, kind of. I, uh, before I start, I just want to uh, thank your pastors for having me. Um, thank them for trusting Gene and I. And I'm sure you, those of you who have met my wife, you know that she is the better part of me. Amen. She's the one that may, <laughs> puts the hap in my step. Puts the quiver in my liver. She's my Jean Marie. 39 years. Uh, married. Shooting. For, no. F- my goodness. 49 years. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm so thankful that she's in my life. And I like it when she's near me and by me. I miss her when she's gone, you know. So um, just want to honor that. And your pastors are really good people. Spent the weekend with them. They're nice people. And um, I hope you're praying for them. It's not easy being a pastor. I've been a senior pastor for 30 years. I was an assistant pastor for about three. I was an elder for, I've been in ministry close to 40 years. And um, I've seen a lot and uh, heard a lot, done a lot. Um, I had hundreds and possibly thousands of people go through my heart and were winning. (laughs) We didn't let it get the best of us. So keep your pastors in prayer. You know, there's ups and downs in a ministry, and it's just great to have faithful people around you. Armor bearers. Remember the old that? The armor bearer. You know, armor bearers for your, for your pastors. And I don't know if you guys ever have this. I'm probably stepping on toes here, but, you know, we have what, in October, we, we have what we call Pastors Appreciation Month. We just take the time, just appreciate our pastors and and um, I just hope you guys just, you know, think about it, you know, and the possibility, just showing some appreciation, your pastor, and more than just praying for them, you know. And uh, he loves you guys, and uh, uh, he is diligent, both of them. They're a great couple, and I really appreciate them. Um, we did have a little episode yesterday before we went up the hill. We stopped at a small store, right, sister? And... Um, and it was one of those old stores that had the screen doors on it, you know. So uh, I went in first, and uh, Wayne came in second. And the door, the screen door shut. And all of a sudden, there was a parrot up there. And the parrot looked right at Wayne and said, Ah, rah, ugly man, ugly man. I turned around and said, whoa. And so, and so Wayne was a little upset about that, you know. So we went up and we bought some gum or something like that. So, um so Wayne started talking to the guy. He says, what's wrong with your parrot? He says, what? He, he talks. Yeah, I know. He, he, he said, I'm an ugly man. He goes, whoa. I warned him about that. Hold on. I'll take care of it. So he went back down, and we could see him. He went up and started talking to the parrot. Then he smacked it. And feathers went flying, you know, and he pointed again. And he went back down and said, that won't happen again, sir. I apologize. So Wayne said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. So I went out the door first. And then I heard, I could hear this, I could hear parrot voice, you know, and, and Wayne started going, he tried to avoid the parrot, he went around, he opened up the screen, the bell rang, the parrot looked at him and said, ah, you know. <laughs> That's my payback. <laughs> Today I want to talk to you about two very important aspects of your faith. You have faith. You have faith. Someone say, there's nothing wrong with my faith. If you are born again, then you have the faith of the Son of God in you. 
It's, it's, it's Jesus. That's what, that's what the apostle Paul said. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but, but, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of who? The Son of God. We have the faith of the Son of God in us. And I give God praise for that. So there's nothing wrong with your faith. We just have to activate it, let it grow, take steps of faith. So I'm talking about two very important aspects of your faith walk. Number one, the importance of hearing a fresh word from God. Someone say fresh. Do just something about a fresh word from God. We have, we have a bakery in Syracuse called Columbus Bakery. And when they start baking, you ride through there on Sunday morning to church. And that whole highway smells like fresh bread. And there's just something about fresh bread that just gets your senses heightened. Man. You could already ate a full breakfast, but you smell that fresh bread, you want some of that. And that's what a fresh word of God will do for you. It'll, it'll make your senses alive again. Listen, if Christianity is boring to you, then I have to suggest something. You made it boring. Because there's nothing like a fresh word from God to have you move forward in your life. Because we all need a fresh word from God. The second important point I'd like to make is that you, ha- that you have faith in the word that God speaks to you, and you have corresponding actions to the word that he spoke to you. Example, Wayne comes to me and says, hey, how you doing, Brother Danny? How you doing? I said, I'm doing fantastic. He says, has God been speaking to you? Yes, Wayne. God told me to go to the store. Oh, whoo, man. I said, oh, okay, great, brother. He sees me about a week later. Hey, brother Danny, how you doing? I said, I'm doing fantastic, Wayne. What's God speaking about? God told me to go to the store. And Wayne goes, oh, okay, well, praise God. Wayne sees me a month later, right? He said, hey, brother Danny, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good, my brother. He says, what's God speaking about, Wayne? I'm going to tell you something. God spoke to me. He told me to go to the store. And you would look at me and say what? Why don't you go to the store? See, what has God been speaking to you about? Have you written it down? Have you had corresponding actions? Did you start walking in the direction in which God spoke to you? That, my friend, is very important in your life. I'm here to stir you up. (laughs) I love stirring things up. Amen. Now, the devil will love to have me just sit down in Syracuse in a rocking chair, but I'll refuse that because I have fresh word of God in my life, and it causes me to get up in the morning. See, without a vision, people perish. Vision gets you up in the morning. Vision gets you moving. Glory to God. Vision brings vitality to your life. Someone say amen. amen. Now, I'm going to talk about the first one first, the importance of hearing from God. I'm going to give the scripture, just so it's not going to come up, not this one. I'm going to go a little advanced a little bit. How, how do you get faith? Anybody want to throw it out? Faith, you don't pray for faith. There's Lord, could you please give me faith? Don't work. There's no place in the Bible that says that. But what does say? Faith cometh by what? 
and hearing the what? The word of God. Now, so faith, we understand. We're going we're gonna to build on that. We're going to come back to that. Because I'm going I'm gonna, to I'm gonna give you a little revelation if you don't know about it yet. And show you what he is talking about there. But here, the importance of hearing from God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. I'm going to be talking about two different articles uh, uh, of the armor of the Lord. Now, what is the armor? It's not a real armor. It's spiritual armor. And this armor comes from us doing due diligence on each of the teachings of the helmet, the breastplate. We have to understand the word of God. So here he says, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the what? Word of God. Now, okay. Now, what, what is Paul saying here? Is he talking about the Bible? No, I don't believe he is at all. He's not telling us to take the the Bible like the sword and stick somebody with it or hit him over the head. I would like to do that sometimes, but the Spirit of God tells me no. But the, the, the revelation is in the W-O-R-D, the word. It is the Greek word rhema. So the sword of the Spirit is what? The rhema of God. It's not the logos. Now, for you Bible students, I'm sure you've been studying the Bible. The WRD comes in, in different different forms. Like, like this one, WRD, it is the word rhema. Rhema is the saying word of God. It's a specific word spoken into your spirit by God about a specific situation in your life concerning circumstances in your life. Now, the logos is the written word of God. Give you an example. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. So that's the word logos. The written word is powerful when you begin to start reading it. It cleanses you. But if listen to this. If you continue to read the logos and you're diligent in reading the logos, God will reward you with a rhema. Glory to God. You keep digging in the logos, you're going to find some silver and gold. Glory to God. Because I believe rhema is wisdom. God will give you wisdom how to handle a situation. So the sword of the spirit is the rhema of God. That's why it's so important to know what has God been speaking to you about. I talked to my 14-year-old grandson. He was about 14 then. He's 18 now. He's away in college. And so I looked at him one time, you know, he, you know, when you're 14 years old, you got the earbuds in, you know, you're just, you know, bobbing around, you know. So I say, hey, grandson. He says, what, Papa? I says, what, what's God speaking about? And he turns to me and goes, huh? <laughs> I said, what's God speaking about? Oh, I said, grandson, God speaks to children. He spoke to children in the Bible. You've you got to listen. You've got to find out what God's speaking to you. I spoke to him 14, 15 years old, 16 years old, 17 years old. He kept on giving me a, huh? Then one day I said to him, grandson, what's God speaking about? He turned to me and says, Papa, you know, I was in worship the other day in church, and I felt God speaking to me. He told me not to worry about colleges. He's going to take care of me. Yes! Yes! And he's starting, he's one of the starters, goalies at Morrisville University. And I'm so thankful for that. 
because he heard. Listen, we got to teach our kids that they can hear from God. We got to challenge our kids to hear from God. And we got to challenge ourselves to hear from God. So, the rhema of God, it's a revelation, it's a rhema word. It's, 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 it's what God has prophetically speaking to you what to do, how to do something so you can move forward in your life. A word from God will move you to do something. I'll say it again. A rhema of God will move you in a direction and it's always forward in your life. I don't see any place in the Bible that says, why don't you just give up? It's not there. It's when you know that you know that God has spoken to you. It's when you know you have a right to something. Like the woman we're going to be talking about in a moment. You become a, when you have a rhema word for God, you become a very dangerous person to the devil in hell. And, and let me tell you something. Don't think for one moment, just because you have a rhema of God and a vision or a revelation from God, the devil's going to go, oh, oh, I'm so scared. No, he's not afraid of you. He's afraid of God in you. He's going to attack you. No wonder. The, the, the word Satan means adversary. You are going to have opposition. We have opposition every day. First of all, our flesh opposes us. <laughs> and of course, when you're moving forward, you're always going to have ups and downs in the ministry and in your family life. But faith, a word from God, will get you back up and start moving forward. Someone say amen. You know, it's not just about the big things. It's about the little things, too. When I moved in our home, we lived in our home now for 40 years. Thank God we got a really good deal on this house. But the day, the week we moved in on it, I ended up getting laid off from my job at the factory. I was nervous and scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I bounced. This was in a recession in 1980s. And, and, and I, we were slowly going in debt. And next thing you know, before we realized, we were three years behind on our land tax. We play land taxes in New York. And uh, that was like three or $4,000 a year, give or take 1000 okay? So that's like eight, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars $9,000 in debt. And then I was a year behind on my IRS because I started to become uh, self-employed and I was learning business. I was just an inner city kid. Listen, when, when I graduated, I had the goal. Here's my goal, my life goal. My goal out of high school was this. To have long hair, wear a bandana, and get a beer belly. Uh, you're laughing. I, did, I accomplished that goal in six months. <laughs> yeah, I showed you, huh? <laughs> but that, I had no direction in my life. But God took me, shook me, and changed me when I was 26 years old. God met me in a car during a suicide attempt. And the devil met me, then God met me, and that started my walk with God. And so, so, so what I'm trying to say to you is that I, I, you got to hear we're from God. So let's go back to my home for a second. I walked in my basement. I don't know when you're in debt, you feel a pressure, stress on your life. It's like the bends when you're, when you're underwater, you know what I mean, the water pressure. And, and, and it was pressing on me and pressing on me. My wife would say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And as a husband, I turn around, oh, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be all right. Then I go in my corner. <laughs> and so I remember walking down into my room, in our living room, and, and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? And he spoke the simple little thing to me. He said, make two phone calls. Make a phone call to the mortgage company. Make a phone call to the IRS. I said, what the heck is that going to do? But I had to obey God. 
God told me to go to the store. God told me to call the IRS. God told me to call the mortgage. And what did I do? I called them just exactly what the Lord told me to do. You can't sit on a word of God. You've got to be obedient to the word of God. So I called the IRS first. And I said, sir, I'm really sorry. I, I'm behind. And they, I called and I said, I can't make payments tomorrow. I fall on your mercy. Mr. Thornton, you've been misinformed. You can make payments. Really? So he set up the payments. I told my wife, great. A little bit off. And then I called the mortgage company, $9,000. I tried a little one first. <laughs> I called the mortgage. Here's the, here's the conversation to the, to the fact. Great, no exaggeration. Hi, my name's Danny Thornton, uh, 8383 Chevrolet. Yeah, yeah. We're three years behind on our, on our land taxes. I don't know what to do. Oh, sir, don't worry about that. We'll just pay that off, and we'll make all some time payments for you, and you'll be able to catch up. That's it? Oh, yeah, we got it all right here. We're, it's taken care of. Goodbye. What the heck happened, you know? God showed up. When God tells you to go to the store, you better go to the store. God tells you to make a phone call, you better make the phone call. God tells you to go across the street and knock on the door, you better, never mind the results, just do what he says. Faith isn't about you getting what you want. Faith is about being obedient to God. Amen. What has he spoken to you in the past? It's important. What prophetic word has been spoken over you? Is that important? Yeah, it's the sword of the spirit. So you can go into prayer. The Lord told me to do this. The Lord told me to start this business. The Lord told me to, to uh, do what I'm doing. You got to go in prayer. Listen, faith is a fight. When did you think it was easy? If it was easy, have sinners doing it. Faith is a fight. We forget about that. We sang about faith. But now we got to live faith. Whatever situation you take, I guarantee you the answer is faith. You move forward. Faith means you may have to call up somebody and apologize. Faith may mean that you may have to forgive somebody so you don't contaminate your heart. Faith, my friend. Someone say faith. I always think of that when I someone say faith. I think of the, the old Star Trek, space, the final frontier. Faith, where no man, where, where you can go, where no man has gone before. Glory to God. But let me read a story to you, a, a parable. The par now, a parable is a spiritual story, a, a made-up story. It's not a true story, but it carries a, a spiritual moral teaching on it. So we're going to start reading this. In Luke 18. And right off the bat, Jesus tells us what the moral of the story of the parable is. It goes like this in Luke 18, 1. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end. Now, here it is. This is the moral of the story. That men ought always to pray and not to what? Faint. Now, faint. Faint. Faint is not the word fainted. If you fainted, there's nothing you can do. Faint is, uh, uh. see, when you get like this in your home, parenting, your business, ministry, your personal walk with God. Now, we, we all get there, but we got to catch ourselves before we, f we do full faint. So we walk around sometimes, oh, God, oh, oh I'm so overwhelmed. Oh, oh, I prayed for that. It didn't come to pass. Oh, no, he's saying this parable is that you will, men will not quit, will not faint, but continue. But all men should always ought to pray and not faint. You can, did you know you can't pray a prayer of faith? 
when you're when you're in fear. That's the prayer of fear. <laughs> He's not. We're not talking about the prayer of fear. We're talking about the prayer of faith. I remember an old story about this old country story that this, 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 this uh, I'm not saying this is a true story, but and it's true to this peak, but it, it teaches a lesson. This, this farmer and his, old, and his wife, you know, they were older, and they were working in the field. And they had, a, they had a boy, you know what I mean? He's about, you know, 25, you know, and he really didn't have it all together. You know, his pants were really high, wore boots, you know, and he, like, you know, you know, Clem Cadillo Hopper, you know, walking around, you know. And, and one day they said, oh, a storm's coming. So the parents started running. And then they got scared. They ran underneath the tree and they fell down and prayed, oh, God, oh, God. And all of a sudden the boy comes running by. He's, he's just running. And he saw him praying. He said, come on, Mom, Paul. God don't hear no scared prayer. Now, I'm not saying that's a true, true in the spirit, but what I'm saying is this. I teach this lesson. We've got to learn how to pray the prayer of faith. And we have to continue in faith to guard our life and our family. We have to fight for our families. We have to fight for our ministry. We have to fight for our finances and not give up. Now, let, let's stick to the Now, this, this little lady, this widow lady, when I read this, I always think of Granny on the Beverly Hillbillies. You ever remember her? <laughs> she was audacious, I'm telling you. And there was a city of judge, which fear not God, neither regarded men. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him saying, avenge me of my adversary. She knew she had a right to this. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said with it himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me this widow was troubling him i mean she was there every day possibly shaking her fist give me give me my rights i have a right avenge me my adversary he probably ran out of the tent jumped on the camel said to take off she's running after him avenge me and my adversary so this woman is troubling me I mean, I, I don't believe in God. I don't care about man. <laughs> but this woman, it troubles me, and I will adventure, let her continuing coming weary me. Weary means to have a black eye. I mean, she must have been right in his face. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with it. Will he bear long with it? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? I would like to say yes, Lord. Because you don't know. See, you, you can have faith, you know, one month. You can go through a season of trials and tribulations. And you can lose your faith. Come on, give me an amen. You can be full of faith. And you come down with a sickness and all of a sudden fear hits you. This is why, listen, I always tell my church, I tell them, get ready and stay ready. <laughs> get ready. Get your faith ready and stay. Listen, I've seen my parents. I've seen my parents suffer in the old age. You know, I, I used to say, you know, you just, you, you seem like you need more faith when you're older. But I, I, I think you just need to have your faith active. You know what I mean? So, so you got to get ready. And stay ready. You know, the good news about that is, see, if you, if, you, if you stay ready, you'll never have to get ready again. <laughs> You're just operating in faith. You're walking in faith. Doesn't the Bible say the just shall walk in what? 
So it's a, it's, a, it's a decision that you make. And nothing helps you more than working faith by giving a, hearing a word from God. So faith cometh by hearing, hearing the rhema of God. Matthew 4, 4 says this. Jesus said to the devil, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word, that pro, every rhema that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, we live by rhema word. Amen, brother. <laughs> you got to have a rhema. You got to hear a, a new fresh word. God's doing a new thing on this planet. We're living in faith testing times. There's been a spiritual a shift in, this, in the spiritual tectonic plates. Several of them. I think the first one's the year 2000. You guys remember Y2K? Everybody was running scared. But nothing happened. But something did happen to the human psyche. And this is what the human psyche says. Hmm. Something bad could happen someday. So they start hoarding. And then again, 911, two planes fly into, into the Twin Towers. Fear throughout the whole earth. And I call it the end of the world as we know it. world has not been the same since then. The whole world. And then 2020. Pandemic. Fear. Chaos. Most recently, like I said, we were living through a historic pandemic, political turmoil, social injustice. Though through the crack of that door, violence has crept across our country. Have you noticed that there's a lot of angry people out there? Now, don't get scared. Stay in faith. God is going to take care of you. Someone say amen. Someone say God's going to take care of me and my family. We are living in trying times, but this parable spiritual lesson is not about an unjust judge or a widow, but about you and I facing a, the giant of uncertainty and unjust time. Jesus said, watch and pray. You must remain in the word and prayer and be aware of your surroundings. Now, I dedicated my life to, to protect my wife and my family. You know, when I go to restaurants, I usually sit where I can see the door. I make sure I protect this girl. This is my Jean Marie. I'm not going to get another Jean Marie. This is my girl. You know, and I'm going to protect her with my life. And I'm going to make sure that I hear from God. You know, you know just little things. I lock, the, I lock the cabin door every time I leave. Or every time we're in there, I lock it. She says, that's so silly. No, no. Once someone opens that cabin door, they're in. <laughs> I'm going to protect you, honey. I get laughed. She laughs at me sometimes because of that. It's not fear. It's protecting. And I will. And, I, and, and, and she knows that. So two. So number one is hearing the sword of spirit, hearing the word of God. Oh, yeah, I forgot one scripture back here. First Timothy 1.19. This is why it's important to remember the prophecies, remember the word God gave you. First Timothy 1.18. He says, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee. Why? That thou mayest... Minus war, a good warfare. You got to remember what God spoke to you, or you can't fight a good warfare. Faith is a fight. You just pray for once. You know, my, my brother Jack, when he was five years old, I was about 10, he was in the kitchen eating hot dog. I was watching television. My mother comes running out of the kitchen, screaming hysterically, and ran downstairs. We were in a two family house. I jumped, what the heck's going on? So I, I, I ran 
into the kitchen. My dad had my brother upside down. He was completely purple, was choking to death. I did exactly what my mother did. I screamed and ran, but I did something different. I didn't run downstairs for some reason, and it's God. I ran to the front window where a chair was. I fell on my knees, and I screamed out to God, don't let my brother die. Don't let my brother die. And I want to tell you, it was very relieving to see my kid brother walk out. Not dead. You know, my brother is not saved yet. And I'm still praying for him that he will not die. He will not choke on this world. You can't quit on your loved ones. How am I doing, Pastor? Doing okay? All right. Am I staying doctrinally okay? Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll get that parrot. <laughs> Number two, having faith in the word God gives you with corresponding actions. Ephesians 6.16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Fiery darts. What are the fiery darts? Lies. He's a liar. He says, he's a liar, simple as that. And darts of the wicked. doesn't say the wicked one, does it? doesn't say the wicked one. No, there's wicked people. There. Even, even nice people can say wicked things. Look at, well, look at Jesus turned around to, to Peter and, and says, Satan, get thee behind me from the words that came out of the mouth. People will throw darts at you. Good people, they, don't, they, they just don't have the faith. They just say negative things to you and all that. But above all, the shield of faith. In the Greek, the word shield is the word door. W, no, D-O-R-R, door, door shape. So it's a door-shaped shield. And it also means, what I like about this is it also means a portal. I like portals. I don't know if you are, um, um, what's that movie coming out? Matrix. I don't know if you're a Matrix fan, but that's a portal. They go in and, and you can't see, you know, what's going on. They work, operate that way. But faith is, there's a portal. Let me, now I'm going to lose some of you here. I'm going to lose some of you. I know I will because I can feel it already. But let, just bear with me and you listen to this tape over. You might get it, all right? Some people get it, some don't. But if you hear it over and over again, you might hear it. Now, there's two, two things, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God, the Bible says, is within us. We have the kingdom of God. We are to advance the kingdom of God on earth, correct? Okay. Then there's the kingdom of heaven. Heaven in, in the Greek is the word Uranus. Uranus. It means the sky, like duh. <laughs> it means the sky. It also means the dwelling place of God in the Greek, it also means eternity. Now, eternity is where God lives and operates. Faith allows us the portal into the faith realm. Glory to God. And so, see, God doesn't wear a wristwatch, ladies and gentlemen. He's, he, listen to this. He, he's been already at your birth, and he's already attended your funeral. So figure that out. He doesn't operate in time. We do. And, and faith, it doesn't operate in time. It, 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 faith is now. Because when you enter faith, things happen. 
and you stay in faith. There's two people in the Bible that entered this realm that literally shocked Jesus. It was, a, it was the centurion. He said, Lord, you are not worthy to come into my home, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. And the Bible says that Jesus, what? Marveled at his faith. It's like, how'd you get in there? <laughs> Who let you in? <laughs> You found out about the portal. There was the other one too, the Syrophoenician woman. She wanted Jesus to come and heal her, her demon-possessed daughter. And what happened then? I mean, Jesus even called her a dog to push her away. But she turned around, truth, Lord. But the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Jesus looked at him, a woman, great is thy faith. How did you, how did they, these were not two non-Jews. Unbelievers entered it. Listen, if the unbelievers can do it, then we should be able to do it. Someone say amen. So God has his portal with the answer. When you, how do you do that? You simply believe. You just believe. You believe what the words, see, it's not faith in the pain leaving your body. It's faith in the word. It's not faith in your faith. It's not faith in the preacher or the pastor or the visiting minister. It's faith in the word. The word says, by your stripes, I am healed. I believe that. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall what? Get healed instantly? No, it says recover. It starts the faith process. You did what you had to do. You can get it yourself, you know. All you got to do is stand in faith. They said, Lord, I'm going to stand in faith. I'm going to receive my healing. Not because the preachers that see, as I'm preaching right now, your faith is growing. I come here to strengthen your faith in God. There's something about the salmon. I realize you probably may not have ever heard of the salmon run because you don't have rivers here anymore. <laughs> But we have something called the Salmon Run, the Salmon River in Pulaski, New York. Every year at time, the salmon come from thousands of miles to swim against the current, to go back to their birthplace. There's just something about the principle of faith. The Bible said we should have what? Faith in God. See, when you get a, get a bad report, what do you gotta do? Have faith in God. Someone say faith in God. When the finances seem to go down, what do you do? You have faith in God. There's something in your belly. The spirit of God bears witness with the, with the word of God and, and, and faith, the eternal realm, the jet stream that, that God is pouring out his power on. They come up, they go against the current. Faith people go against the current. Glory to God. They go in, they jump over rocks. They, they dodge bears. <laughs> They'll go through lions and tigers and bears and they'll stand on the word of God. Say, here I am, God. I've gone through trials and tribulations, but here I stand. Why? Because I believe. Give the Lord a hand clap. He deserves a hand clap. He deserves your heart. Faith is, the word faith. I looked up the word faith in the Greek. You know what it means? It means to persuade. It means to be convinced. <laughs> I'm conv are you convinced that the word of God is true? Are you persuaded 
You remember Paul was preaching to King Agrippa? King Agrippa said, almost, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. See, we were persuaded to be a Christian. You heard the preaching of the gospel. Somebody told you the testimony. There was something in your spirit that came alive. Faith for salvation came to you. Faith is much more and more value than the building you go to. Faith is what persuades you to live your life in total dependence of God. Faith is what convinces you to live your life totally dependent on the word of God. Faith is what you use to persuade others to come to Jesus. Faith is the moral convictions by which you do business with, who you hang around with, and who you marry. Faith will help you leave your past behind. Faith will heal your wounds and leave testimonial scars. If you have experienced tragedy or you are presently facing calamity, faith is the element that will help you move forward forward, and the pain behind you, the situation you face, you are, you are today. And lastly, faith is the fuel necessary to help you gain forward motion necessary to live the life God called you to. And faith, according to the parable we read, is what's necessary to get your prayers answered. Faith, persuasion, convinced. Faith moved Abraham. Faith moved uh, Noah. Faith moved Abel. I mean, faith. Uh, um, Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. Read them. Everything was, everybody was moved by faith. Faith toward God. It's a homing device inside of us to run to God. Faith. Having faith, having faith toward God should be a knee-jerk reaction. You know, my, my daughters pick on me because uh, they will scare me. Like in the office, my daughter worked with me. She would scare me. And this is what I do when I get scared. I go like this. Like this. And so Danielle always emphasizes. <laughs> hey, dear. Hey, dear. I said, you know why I do that? Because I try to protect my face. You know what I mean? That's why I do that because I don't know what's happening. But it's a knee-jerk reaction. Now, faith should be a knee-jerk reaction in our spirit when, when troubles come. Instead of, instead of us going on social media, calling 25 people, telling all your friends, and the last person you go to is God. That's not faith. That's not faith at all. That's just having God being the God of convenience. Like I said, faith cometh by hearing. The widow, the widow believed that she had a right to something. That old granny from the Beverly Hillbillies, she had a right to it. She wasn't going to let an unjust judge stop her. This is what Jesus was saying. The little old lady, he uses a little old lady. I tell you, I've seen some tough little old ladies. We buried one. Her name was Roland Thornton. She was a tough girl. She'd gone through World War II. She, see, she got in line and was overlooked by the Gestapo. She'd seen war. She went through an alcoholic husband. Thank God she got saved. And thank God my dad got saved. One day God gave me a prophetic dream about my dad. I was terrified of my dad. He was an alcoholic. I went high under the bed. 
he would hit us. He would come after us. He would grab his belt. He would make this face. Come here, boy. I mean, imagine a five-year-old kid seeing that. I was terrified. I used to have dreams that he turned into a demon. And that, that intimidation stayed with me even my adult life until I got saved. Things started to change. The spirit of fear was no more a part of me. One day my dad was sitting in the dining room, skunk drunk, down like that, mean and miserable. He would shoot the finger at everybody, everybody I brought it. I brought preachers back. He would shoot the finger to them. I said, Dad, they like you too. <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, Dad, I had a dream. Yeah. He was growling at me. Dad, I saw you walking in the church. You had a, you had a suit on. Not that it mattered in those, those days, you know. You had a suit on. And you had a Bible in your hand, and, you were, and it was a sunny day, and you walked into church. And he growled back at me, and he goes, you really believe that? Oh, yeah, Dad, it's going to come to pass. It came to pass. He lost his job. He was 59 years old. He lost his job. Everybody was mad at him. I was mad at him. He woke up in the morning, and he wanted a beer. My dad said he fell on his knees. He lifted his hand up. He said, Lord, I'm not coming against alcohol i'm coming against you know what the devil was doing to my dad and he said he said take this from me instantly he never had a drop until the day he died when he was 85 years old he was water baptized i had a picture of him i lost it he was walking in a church sunny day he had a big bible in his hand glory to god now what if i didn't speak that see it's not prophetic until you speak it it's not faith until you move in it did you get this? Did you receive this? Are you ready? See, this stuff this is what you do when you leave this building. You got something to start applying in your life. You can work this now. If you sit there, oh, that's all I operate. I don't believe it. What I mean by that, you needed this. You needed to hear what I had to say. And I pray that I'll get good reports. Now, what about you? Can you stand? Can you stand for a moment? I want to turn this over to your pastor in a minute, but, but I, I want to make sure. I'm a, listen, if, if anybody here is not saved, you never gave your heart to Jesus Christ, I, I pray that you have the boldness to come to me or your pastor after the service. I, I'm assuming most of you are, all of you are. So I want to take the time of that. But if you desire to give your heart to Jesus Christ and live a faith life, See me, see your pastors, just another of your godly men and women here. But you're out there, and you have a bodily affliction, and you, you want the healing of God. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to pray with you uh, privately, but listen, if, you've, if you need a healing in your life, let me share something with you. I had a bad knee one time. It was really bad. And a man came to a church. We didn't preach faith in it that time. We didn't preach faith. This guy came and preached faith. And I think some people were mad at him. But he came and preached faith. And he said, why don't you come forward by faith? And I went forward by faith. I went up there. Nothing happened. Nothing happened immediately. No, physically. But something happened inside of me. And I just knew that I did what I was supposed to do. And I received my healing. A week later, I'm at church. I'm lifting my hand up. I'm rocking like this. I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm healed. Oh, my God, it happened. You know, so you, you, you just have to respond. And, I, and I, I can't just come here and preach. Well, I've got to, I have to move forward in this. If you're out there and you need a heal in your body, I just want you to come on up front, all right? Don't hesitate. 
Don't let fear stop you. Just come up and get what you really need from God. That's it. That's it. Come on. Thanks for being bold. Thank you for being bold. Just stay there and just lift your hands up to God. Anybody else need a healing? God bless you, sister. Come on. Come on. Anybody else? There's two there. Come on. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's it. You just got to take that step of faith. You know what happened? You know what happened after that preacher left? Our assistant pastor, Vaughn, got up. He said this. I want you to know something. We missed it. We missed it as a church. Jesus passed by, and you let him pass by. Jesus, we sang it. He is here. We can feel his presence. So don't let this moment pass by without you getting what you need from the Lord by faith. Okay, can you come together up this way? I'm going to pray for you as a group. I like this is so far what happened. I started my tour. I started my tour. I started my tour actually not with a camper, but in Massachusetts. I went from Massachusetts. I went to Albany. Then I went down to Memphis. I'm here. And now I'm going to Bakersfield, California. Then I'm coming back. And then we're going to end it in South, Car- uh, South Carolina, a revival meeting. And I believe in God that God is going to use the word of God. And right now, we're standing here right now. And I'm believing God for any ailment that you have right now. Any ailment right you have right now, we're standing here. You talk to the Holy Spirit right now. You know, one of the disciples came up to Jesus. Jesus, what must we do the works, the works of God? You know what Jesus said? Believe. <laughs> just simply believe. Believe in the word. Don't believe in me. Don't, don't believe what I just preached. Believe what the word says. And I will lay my hands on you. The Bible said they shall lay hands on the sick and recover. And when I came from Albany and also Memphis, I had two healing reports. Very simple. That's all right so far because there's still the recovery happening. These were two instant ones. Number one, sinus infection instantly was cleared. This is from the pastor, not the person. The second one was a back healing. Pain left this lady's back. The pastor told me it's on Facebook. You want to read about it? It's in one of the posts there that a lady, all of a sudden, she turned to the pastor and said, and the pastor came to me. And she turned around, just deacon so-and-so. She said, my back, my back. So just, just believe. Father, we come before you right now. And the Bible says we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We believe that, Lord. Not in the human touch, not in my touch, but on your word. We put faith in your word. We command healing into your body right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare right now recovery in Jesus' name. Recovery. Yes, Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come, Spirit. Come, come, that's it, that's it. I can feel it in the name of, I feel virtue, glory to God. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus, new day, a new day, a new day, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We glorify. Now, thanks, start thanking God for your healing. Thank God for your healing. Go ahead. Just thank, thank you. And the devil's laughing. He's, no, no, don't thank God for you. Just say, thank you, Lord, for healing me. Even though you may have the pain right now, thank you, Lord. You're the healer. You're the healer, Lord. I thank you, Lord. 
You heal everything. You heal, you heal liver cancer. You, you, Lord, you heal planters, fasciitis, Lord. And I thank you for it, Lord God. Nothing's going to stop us now. God is extending our lives in Jesus' name. And the saints of God said, amen. You know, amen. So be it. Glory to God. Amen. Hey, let, why don't you give a great big hand clap to your pastors right now? And give them, give them a big hand clap. Hallelujah.